Melissa to come and kick it off for us, which we know she'll do in amazingly. So give her a big round of applause. Awesome. How good is it to be in church, hey? God is good, yeah? God is good and he's moved so powerfully already. I feel so ministered to already. It's so good to be in God's house. The Holy Spirit is with us and God is moving. Amen. Amen. Fully alive, the Easter story. I just love Easter. We get to focus. I mean, we all always should focus on Jesus, but it really turns our attention to the cross and the risen King, hey? And so the uh, Easter series, Fully Alive, is a four-part series. And we're actually finishing uh, the four-part series the Sunday after Easter. So we're finishing it with Pastor Chinyama. Um, so make sure you're here over the next week or so. I'm super excited. Now, I'm not going to speak very long this morning because I don't think God's done here yet. Um, we're going to open up the altar here this morning and we're going to be laying hands on people and praying for people and we're really believing that God, if you want a miracle, you're needing a miracle, you need prayer, uh, you need something in your life, whatever it may be, we want to pray for you this morning because God has not finished yet. Now, preacher's famous last words, I'm not going to speak very long, we'll see how we go, uh, praise Jesus, um, but... Uh, I really believe that this is what God wants to do this morning. Uh, many years ago, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Now, I know I share that a lot, and many of you know that already, uh, and I share it from the pulpit often. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And I, so I was many years ago injecting drugs on a daily ba basis, and I was drinking most days, and my life was spiraling out of control pretty fast. And I remember one night just lying on my bed and I remember feeling completely lost, completely broken, uh, my life a complete mess and, um, and just confused, really ashamed. Uh, but I felt so empty inside. I felt um, that something was missing. I knew something was missing. I didn't know what, but I knew something was missing and I knew something was terribly wrong. I didn't know what was wrong but I knew something was not right. And I felt dead inside, just this deadness inside. Somehow I just wanted my life to slide away and come alive again. I wanted my life to slide away and to come alive again. And perhaps not as extreme or perhaps even worse, we've all experienced times where we've felt so alone, where we've been crying out or we are crying out from the inside we're crying out from the inside where we're numb where we're empty inside we're struggling and nobody knows it we are struggling and nobody knows it and maybe that's you right now maybe it's you right now some of us may be sitting here right now and we are so very aware that something major is missing in our lives. Something major is missing in our lives. And we ask ourselves the question, well, who can fill this space? Who can fill this space? Who can fill this void in my life? Who can fill this space in my heart, this emptiness, this deadness, this darkness that I feel inside? Who can fill it? Well, praise God for the Easter story. Praise God for the Easter story where Jesus came to the earth 
as a man to set things right. He came to this earth as a man to set things right. He came to this earth to set things right, to transform us from the inside out. Transformation. What an awesome thing that is. Transformation. And to fill that God-shaped hole that we each have inside of us. Each and every one of us have this God-shaped hole inside of us. And so I want to take us to the Bible this morning, to the night before Palm Sunday, to where Jesus is anointed by the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus is who Jesus, if you know the story, if you don't, Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. He had been dead four days. Four days dead. That's dead, right? Dead. Four days. And Jesus raises him from the dead. And now he is fully alive. Fully alive. Praise God. And Lazarus is at this dinner that is being held in Jesus' honour and Mary and Martha are also at this dinner and Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters. And so it's pretty fair to say that these three, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, have, um, their lives have really been radically transformed by the power and love of Jesus Christ. Radically transformed by the power and love of Jesus Christ. And so at this dinner, Mary does something quite significant and we're going to read about it. Uh, It's recorded in several places in the Bible and we're going to read about it in John chapter 12 verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his uh, feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So Mary had just seen her brother's life completely transformed. She had witnessed a miracle before her very eyes. She had literally watched Jesus call out her brother. Jesus called out. She had seen her brother walk out from his tomb. Like she'd seen from dead to alive. So she'd seen that. Mary had sat at the feet of Jesus listening to his teachings. She'd sat at the feet, at his feet. She listened to his teachings. She'd fellowshiped with him. She'd spent time with him. There was intimate fellowship. Mary had intimate fellowship with Jesus. This response of Mary's to anoint Jesus, and you know that perfume was worth a year's wages. Think about that for a moment. Think about how much you make in a year and imagine spending that on a bowl of perfume. Whoa. And then pouring that out. Pouring that out. To pour that out like she did. To pour that out like this act of worship, this act of service came from a heart that was fully alive. It came from a heart that was fully engaged. It came from a heart that knew she was at the feet of someone that was worthy of her complete attention, her complete devotion, her complete surrender. She knew who 
was sitting at that dinner table or on the floor or however they sat in that day. She knew he was worthy. He was worthy. Out of all of those that were there that night, it was Mary that recognised more than anyone else who was before her, that it was someone who was worthy of this type of honour, someone who was worthy of this type of devotion, someone who was worthy of this type of priority, a year's worth of wages, this type of priority, someone who was worthy of this type of surrender, someone who was worthy of this type of service. I mean, his feet, her hair. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. She knew that he was worthy. Nobody had to tell her that. Nobody had to tell her that. It was her response from a fully engaged heart. Her response from a fully engaged heart, a fully alive heart, fully alive. She understood this scripture, Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you as well. She understood that. Nobody had to tell her that. She understood that. Another place in the Bible we read about this story where Jesus was at Mary and Martha's house. He went to visit her house. How cool is that? Imagine if Jesus came to your house. Knock, knock, knock. I stress out when people come to my house. I'm like, quick, Jake, chuck things in the cupboard. (laughs) Do the kitchen bench. (laughs) The other day we had people coming over for pre-marriage counselling. Yeah, can you believe it? And uh, we thought they were coming at seven, but we got the time wrong and it was six. And we're cutting chilies and frying chilies. I'm like, oh no. Anyway, I digress. So Jesus visits Mary and Martha's house. And the Bible says that Martha was distracted. She was distracted. Think about that word. I want you to focus on that word. She was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be done. And so she complains to Jesus. She said, tell Mary to help me. Tell Mary to help me because Mary was too busy sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus. That's what Mary was doing, listening to Jesus. That's what she was doing. And Martha was distracted. That's what the Bible says. She was distracted. And Jesus said to Mary that Mary has worked out what is more important and it won't be taken from her. Mary has worked out what is more important and it won't be taken from her. You know, distractions take us away from fully engaged hearts. Distractions take us away from hearts that are fully alive. And, and we all have different distractions. Some are good and some are bad. Some need to go away forever and some need to get in order of where they need to be, Right? doesn't mean they're bad. They just need to be in order, right? Distractions take us away from being in the house of God. Distractions take us away from community. Distractions take us away from spending time with Jesus. Distractions take us away from being in prayer, in the word, praying in the spirit. Or what Netflix series is on? What footy game's happening? Oh, the derby's on today. 
Forget about the family flying in. <laughs> no, just kidding, Jake. <laughs> Love it when I've got the mic. Don't worry, he gets his turn. <laughs> Focus, Mel. God calls us to lay aside our distractions, and I'm preaching to myself here, don't worry. God calls us to lay aside our distractions so that our hearts may be fully engaged, so that our hearts may be fully alive. He calls us to lay aside whatever it is for you, different to the next person, good, bad distractions. Martha's distractions were good. Nothing wrong with doing housework, working, serving. Work isn't bad. Order. Priority. Where does God fit? How does it work out in your life? Some distractions, though, need to go forever, right? You've got to work that out. I'm not here to tell you that. Distractions. Why? So that a response might be one like Mary's. When we pour out our praise, he wants us to pour out our praise, pour out our, our worship, pour out our devotion, our surrender like Mary at the feet of Jesus. You know, God, you know when you um, look out to the ocean and you see uh, where the ocean touches, uh, where the sky and the ocean, you know that line? The horizon, that's it. That's like that line is where God wants us to live, where heaven touches earth. That's where God wants us to live. And when we find that place, that's where we'll find where our hearts are fully alive. That's where we'll find where our hearts are fully engaged. Where we find that place where heaven touches earth. And that's that place, I believe, that's where Mary was in that moment. In that moment. We're being transformed from the inside out and we have that, this intimate fellowship with Jesus. And so, Mary's uh, response, if we read on, and we'll read on in a second, but Mary's response immediately draws criticism, which is not unusual. Anytime we first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, it usually draws criticism from others. And sad to say, it's usually those that are perhaps closest to us. And, and it's generally from those who, who don't understand. It's from those who have different agendas. It's from those who have perhaps a different plan for you. They have a plan for you. You know those people that have a plan for your life? So they have a plan for you. It's generally people who uh, perhaps have not had an encounter themselves with the living God. They haven't had an encounter themselves. Uh, it's those, it's, 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 it draws criticism. When we begin to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, criticism generally comes. John chapter 12 verse 4, we read, but one of his disciples, disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? 
It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put into it. This is the guy that was about to betray Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's obvious his heart is not fully engaged, not fully alive. It's interesting to note as well it's connected to money. Very interesting to note, isn't it? It, it? It's a big reason, I'll tell you just a side note, that God calls us to tithe. God does not need our money. He's after our hearts. Side note there. Something is missing in this guy's heart. Lost, confused, distracted. Certainly not seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, is it? He took matters into his own hands. He played by a different rule book. He thought he was above the law. He thought he could have one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom and he was about to find out how very wrong he is or was. He's about to find out very shortly how wrong he was. God calls us to be completely and utterly devoted to him. That's what he calls us to. He wants all of us. And as he's criticising this woman, and remember, he is one of Jesus' disciples. He's a leader, a board member, the treasurer. Right? I love this next verse. God the defender, Jesus the brother steps in. John 12 verse 7, leave her alone. Jesus replied, It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. You know when critics come, let God defend you. When critics come, let God defend you. You know one of my shortcomings, I'll tell you one of them, there's plenty, but one is, is that I feel the need to defend myself. And one of my greatest areas of growth is allowing God to defend me. It's, it's my greatest growth area is just allowing God to defend me. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, I depend on God alone. I put my hope in him. He alone protects me and saves me. He is my defender and I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honour depend on God. He is my strong protector. He is my shelter. That's for you. You can stand on that promise. God will vindicate you. The Bible says that God will vindicate you. But we have to leave it to him. Our job is to leave it to him and to keep doing what is right. You know, the biggest, uh, best piece of advice that I've got given in life and ministry in the last 20 years is to keep my heart pure and my hands clean. My heart pure and my hands clean. My heart pure and my hands clean. And keep walking with the Lord. God is my defender. God is your defender. Whatever you're going through right now, this is a word for someone. God will vindicate you. Leave it to him. You don't have to defend yourself. Leave it. Trust God. Keep doing what is right. He's got you. He can see. He can see what they're doing as well. He's got it. Release it. Keep walking. Keep your head held high. Don't worry what people say. Keep focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This story we read about uh, Jesus, uh, Mary anointing Jesus is in three of the four Gospels. So you can't read the New Testament without reading this story about Mary's devotion uh, to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself said uh, that everyone, as this Gospel goes forth, everyone will read this story 
uh, as the gospel goes around the world, that everyone will read this story and, and, and they will know and, and read about this woman and they'll remember her. So Jesus Christ himself said that. In this very same chapter, Jesus speaks of, it, of what it means to be a true seeker of him in John 12, 25. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from the world and abandons himself to me, that word abandon is key, will find true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favour upon your life. God calls us higher. God calls us to live as Jesus lived. Jesus was and is our example was and is our example and he is calling us again to put aside the distractions to receive the same revelation that mary had that's the revelation we need the same revelation that mary had as she in that moment anointed the feet of jesus we keep reading this scripture meanwhile uh, john 12 verse 9 meanwhile a large crowd of jews found out that jesus was there and came not only because of him but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well for on account of him many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him the next day the great crowd had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting Hosanna Blessed is who he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realise that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So we see here, we've just read about Palm Sunday, which is today, a week before Easter, right? We see here that prophecy was fulfilled. Jesus rides in on a donkey into Jerusalem. His arrest and crucifixion is coming. Uh, Jacob's going to speak on that on Good Friday, uh, the betrayal, etc. But what I find absolutely incredible uh, is how it's also connected to the miracle uh, and testimony of Lazarus. Did you pick that up as we're reading that? The scripture says that many came not only to see Jesus but also to see Lazarus. That's literally what they came to see, a walking miracle. They came to see the transformation, to see the power of Jesus Christ at work before their very eyes. Lazarus, they came to, they came to see and because of that, many, the scripture we just read, many ended up believing because of that. The sign, the wonder, the miracle, the testimony, the transformation. Crowds came because of it. A miracle helped trigger Palm Sunday. We read it in two places. The wonder-working power of Jesus Christ. And the good news is it's alive and active today. (laughs) Alive and active today. 
And God wants to do miracles in our lives today, right now. If you are in need of a miracle lacking in any area, God wants to move in your life today, today. You don't have to live broken, addicted, lacking in any area. He can transform your life. The team can come up, please. We're going to open up the altar in a moment and we really want to pray for you. The pastors here are going to pray. I started my message with this, lying in my bed, lost, confused, empty, dead inside. I cried out to God, a God I said I didn't believe in. Again, it's funny how you say you don't believe in God, but when you're, you're broken of your broken of your brokenness, something within cries out to this God because he created us, right? And I simply said, God, help me. God, help me. And it wasn't long before God performed a miracle in my own life. And through a series of events, I found myself at a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre. And at that place, I arrived on the 21st of February 2001. And six days later, on the 27th of February 2001, I exchanged my life for Jesus' life. What does that mean? It means I made Jesus Lord and Saviour of my life. What does that mean? That means my life is not my life anymore. It's His life. I became a new creation in Him. So I live my life for Him. So He directs me. He leads me. He guides me. He speaks through me. It's not my life. Pastor Jacob was speaking about it in communion. It's a dying to self. I became fully alive in Him, right? Fully alive in Him. And you can do the same. If you've not done ever that before, you can do the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation is gone, the old has come, and the new is here. The old has come and the new is here. It's not our life anymore, is it? But yet we're fully alive in Him. Fully alive in Him. And all of us, if you are in Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus, you're a walking miracle. It's a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. And we're expected to pass that miracle on. Multiplication. But if you're sitting in this room and you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So if you just close your eyes and we're just going to pray a simple prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so we're going to pray, church. If you pray after me, if you've never prayed this prayer, um, just believe it with all your heart as you pray it for the first time this morning and online as well. 
God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just with your uh, your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you can just lift your hand up in the air, just so I can see it. You can see that hand over there. You can see that hand there too. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fantastic decision. If you're online, if you can comment, and we'd love to get some resources for you. The heavens are uh, are rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing right now. God, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Now for the rest of us, again, God really wants to move. And right now is not a time to shrink back. You know, the lady uh, that was bleeding for 12 years, she went after her healing. She stepped forward. And Jesus knew that someone had touched her. But she had to go after it to get her miracle. And the Holy Spirit is ready here to move. And so there's any area in your life this morning where you're needing a miracle. Uh, the, the team have got a song to sing. We're going to praise and pour out our praise and our worship and our devotion. If you don't want to come forward, then just do that. Have that moment like Mary. But come forward and our pastors, we're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to lay hands. We're going to ask you what you want prayer for. And we're going to be believing for a miracle in your life or even a family member. So let's come forward. Let's stand to our feet.